Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You know, for centuries, the ultra-wealthy have been putting their money where their mouths are by investing in fine wine. And now, with Vint, you can do that too. At Vint, we offer SEC-qualified investment opportunities of fine wine and spirits curated by our experts with portfolio managers. With Vint, you can invest and diversify into the most sought-after assets that have a history of price appreciation. Learn more at VINT.co. For full investment disclosure information and more, visit VINT.co. Hello around the coin. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the cryptocurrency world, but these days the price has been skyrocketing. Bitcoin hit 40k, 40,000 USD, and altcoins, quote unquote altcoins, which are non-bitcoins, have been appreciating in price quite a bit as well. Um, one of the most notable one is Reef Finance. Uh, Reef just listed on Binance, which is the most popular exchange in the world. And yeah, we have the CEO of Refinance as a special guest on their show today to give a little bit of insight on on the project, on how he came to build the company, and a lot more. As you know, a new trend uh, in the cryptocurrency industry has been this thing called decentralized finance, which is basically you know coded financial protocols um, which are meant to replicate traditional ones but in a decentralized manner what does this all mean listen to the episode we will break it down into a listener friendly method i hope you enjoyed this episode thanks for listening Hello, welcome to another episode of Around the Coin. Today we have special guest Denko Mancheski. Uh, we're super excited to have you. He is the CEO of Refinance, a DeFi yield aggregator building on Polkadot. We'll explain more of that during our talk today, but welcome, Denko. Thanks, Kinza. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Great, great. So yeah, why don't we start with a little bit of a background about yourself? Sure. So uh, I'm Denko. I'm I'm the CEO of Reef. Um, I have a, have a tech background myself. Uh, I started uh, I started development in early high school. Uh, my first experience was with C plus uh, plus. Right away, I uh, started the algorithmic competitions. I uh, I was focused on that for a few years. Uh, it was uh, quite a journey. I uh, can tell you more about it uh, later. Uh, and then I decided to move into um, into commercial software because I figured like, you know, with uh, algorithmic competitions, I could not make a lot of money. So I moved into enterprise, uh, started helping few companies who are providing ERP softwares. Uh, over time, I built like few modules for them, which are still used to this day. And a lot of funds flew through this code base. I'm, I'm quite proud of those. Uh, and after that, I moved uh, uh, into healthcare. 
I worked for one of the biggest uh, healthcare platform providers in Europe. They are uh, powered by the open EHR standard. They have clients like uh, Russia and Sweden and UK. Like uh, they are basically the next unicorn in my opinion, as Gartner says. Uh, yeah, and uh, after around five and a half years ago, I, um, I got into crypto, started, uh, started blockchain uh, development myself, also bought some Bitcoin. Uh, my first, yeah, my first uh, blockchain experience was with NXT, which uh, uh, turned into Ardor a few years later. Uh, and I did a lot of Solidity and Ethereum in the meantime. I've seen basically how the whole, you know, ecosystem develops, uh, all the like tooling and uh, the development community and uh, uh, everything, the whole open source uh, landscape. But besides that, I also did some Steam, uh, BitShares and some EOS. Uh, that's that's basically like my, uh, my blockchain uh, development journey. And... Mm -hmm. uh, in parallel, you know, my second biggest passion was finance. So, um, I, like around six, maybe more than six years ago, I started reading on finance from like, you know, accounting to value investing to uh, high frequency trading, all of those things. I, I went through, through the whole basically journey and uh, I felt like crypto is the only landscape where I can basically express both of the tech and financial passions in parallel and, wow. uh, yeah 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 you got a very very um very extensive experience from algorithmic competition in high school and you mentioned you developed erp software what mm -hmm. just 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 to clarify what is erp software right so erp software stands for enterprise resource planning so mm -hmm. one of the biggest uh, erp vendors is sap uh, SAP is like, they're like over 200 billion market cap company. So the ERP is really like the, the blood of the company, you know, like basically every process is linked to the system from, you know, checking in with the card uh, when, when you arrive in the office to salary calculation, to warehouses, to production. So all of those things are, are basically part of the ERP software. Wow. Wow. So basically keeping track of all aspects of the company yeah from invoicing and uh, automated accounting in the background in a lot of integrations with banks mm -hmm. and, and whatnot it's a huge system interesting and you were interested in a lot of finance and and have some experience there so what ultimately um how did you ultimately make the switch over to crypto um i'm sure it's it's you know for a lot of a lot of developers um it's it's difficult to make that jump you know if you if you especially have a background in traditional software development um and and crypto is such a new industry and you, you joined so early too what, what was it around 2016 yeah yeah but probably yeah, a how, bit did, how did you make that jump that's that's a very very big jump that not everyone can take yeah so basically like i got introduced to this landscape i went on a meetup it was like a pure web development meetup had nothing to do with crypto and i asked like a few smart questions as uh, this person uh, that i met there said uh, and he basically introduced me like he was like hey there is like this blockchain technology and it's very cool and there are some guys that are building this uh, they need like a web developer would you like to like, give them a hand and i'm like sure like why not like when i heard that there is something around currency I linked it with finance and having, you know, 
uh, finance uh, passion in the background, I was like, sure, of course, I would be glad to help. And that's that's how how I got into it, basically. Yeah, it sounds like you were definitely interested in the finance side as well, uh, buying Bitcoin and other crypto. And sounds like you moved on to pretty exciting projects, working with some of the bigger names like EOS and um, others. Um, And was it just like, you know, were you just kind of getting to know the industry? Were there any like really notable experiences, any big lessons that you had, um, you know, for any potential developers looking to join the crypto ecosystem what, what kind of advice would you would you give them or what's like one of the biggest lessons you've learned yeah so the the one like entry basically the, the barrier for entry here there are like a lot of there is a lot of terminology in this landscape and i feel like a lot of developers have this resistance of having to learn some completely new topics but just so everyone understands you know, you learn those words and even if, you know, they sound something very complex, it really is not. Usually like those words are meant to, you know, uh, attract people, at least initially when the landscape is still in early stage, the more complex the word sounds, the more attention it gets and, you know, like investors and uh, another like 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 very like senior developers are getting attracted so don't don't be afraid of those like you know buzzwords because at the end of the day everything is just very simple you know finance that you pretty much do in your everyday life so uh, yeah 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 it seems like uh that's like a barrier of entry for for people in all all verticals in terms of crypto in terms of just even 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 regular investors uh, crypto is a very, uh, there's a lot of jargon words that keeps them from figuring out how this thing works, right? Um, but yeah, I, I think I think I agree. I, I'm, I'm in the crypto industry as well. And um, it's just exposure. Um, hopefully more and more people will become used to the the jargons uh, and, and they won't become jargons anymore. And um, yeah, or, or maybe we'll just abstract it out. All the, all the complicated things um, people don't have to think about and it can just cryptocurrency can be just integrated into our daily lives so yeah yeah that's definitely um super exciting exciting place and um yeah in terms of you know you moved on from working as dev for for doing development work software development work for quite a few companies and now you are the ceo of refinance and that's a that's a big jump from from doing developer work to be, being CTO at at um, Avuli, I, I just read in your in your in your LinkedIn, mm-hmm. um, and CEO is a is a very um, different set of responsibilities, I think. And um, how did you how did you make that jump from from becoming more technical focused to being more, um, let's say, thought leadership focused, or maybe you can explain uh, what the difference is here. Sure, that's that's a great question, actually. So, uh, actually, like at the beginning, like few years ago, I never thought that I would basically be the main guy to steer the company, and it kind of like like it was never basically like a primary thought, but it kind of happened organically because in most of like the projects that I worked on worked for, basically, like being a CTO means that you're quite close to the executives and to the management, and over time, like if you are interested in what they are doing and what's going on there 
uh, you can keep asking certain questions and then you learn and then you can see like where they did the mistakes and, and what's, what's very important. And being in this landscape for some time, you learn certain like rules, how this landscape works, what's the psychology, what's the cycles and, and so on and so forth. And eventually like you start to see like more and more mistakes that the, you know, the executive teams do and you're like, how is this not obvious for, for these guys? Because they have not been in this landscape. So they have been, let's say, CEOs of other companies. So you would expect that they know how to do things. But I figure that it's very important, the landscape in which you were CEO. So like being a CEO of like Twitter uh, won't make you like a better CEO uh, in, in crypto landscape, like unless you know the, the rules. And um, basically seeing how like, like uh, how many mistakes those those people that I worked with uh, did, which I felt like are, um, you know, the core kind of the basic rules around this landscape. I felt like maybe I can do it better. And I started with like slowly like advising them, or if you do it like that, maybe don't do it don't do it this way because the psychology works like that, and the the user the user in this landscape expects that something will work this way because this landscape has like more let's say tech savvy users and so on and i saw that like those advices worked like up to some degree and then i said like okay i you know that's how i basically validated then i that i can you know steer the ship and that's uh, you know after after some time you slowly build build up confidence that you are capable that you understand what needs to be done and that that's how that's how i decided to to basically be be the ceo of this project Great, great. Yeah, you know, CEOs, I think, generally need to have very good instincts uh, to process uh, information and, and very quickly in, in the right context. And as you mentioned, context is really important. Um, and and these this instinct, I think, really shines, especially in, in the cryptocurrency industry, because the industry is so fast moving and there are new variables popping up every day um, in terms of in terms of new technology, uh, new financial primitives. And I think the same thing happened with uh, the, the decentralized finance that that's booming right now. It's a, it's a very new concept that, that just caught mainstream a few months ago. And now the, in the entire industry is engulfed by it, right? And um, yeah, speaking of which, you are uh, running Refinance, which is... Um, which is a decentralized a product and decentralized finance ecosystem. So yeah, we'd love to um, get an intro and, and hear your thoughts, a uh, basic intro about uh, what it is. Sure. So uh, first I would like you, I would like to like, uh, you know, for, for the audience, I would like to give them my like angle of what I think about DeFi in general. Mm -hmm. And then from, from there I can, I can explain like what refis and how, how the idea like, came sure so, actually um, actually should yeah. we should we give an audience maybe even maybe roll it back even more and and um mm -hmm. give them a little sure. more definition of of what decentralized finance means yes yeah. Yeah, let's do that let's do that and i can give them like my opinion of what what i think it is because yeah. I'll, like different people have different like definition of how of what, what they think DeFi is, and I, I think i have like a like a good analogy yeah great yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think decentralized finance. Um, what I'm aware of is, is 
providing financial infrastructure, like lending, borrowing, um, without any inter intermediaries. So, for example, bank bank will be the intermediary that would process these uh, lending and borrowing transactions. Uh, but in in cryptocurrency, because it's a decentralized system, um, there are um, distributed protocols like Compound, for example, is a big one that kickstarted the, the ecosystem. It's a lending and borrowing platform um, where you're not trusting any any middleman uh, to to make it happen. Instead, you're just um, putting in your crypto as a collateral and taking out loans against it. So I think it, this is this is one of the very basic financial primitive as in like the financial functions in a, in a decentralized finance. And basically one of some, some people, some people would want to create an entire banking infrastructure that's decentralized instead of having a middleman who, who just collects their, their cut from every transaction. Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically like the, like, you know, how, how I, how I, how I see this, this landscape is the following. Well, what you, what you just said, it's like very correct. But I think if we like unzoom a little bit, we can we can like give like an even better overview of, of what it is about. So if you if you take a look at the whole like technology sector and the history and all the you know all the iterations, the 2000.com bubble and so on, then you will see that technology is basically part of most of the other industries, and that's how we can see also like how how like this. Uh, uh, you know industry which is technology affected other industries and then we can see which industries were the most like um, acceptable like which industry uh, industries adopted uh, technology and which industries basically like became even better and out of this you know uh, the conclusion is the, is the following like uh, healthcare and finance are the industries which are the slowest moving industries in tech and the reason behind this is that most of those uh, industries are like very uh, bureaucratic. There is a lot of politics around it. There is like, uh, you know, countries are involved and like, you know, banking systems and multiple governments, multiple currencies. And these are the reason why it's so hard for those industries to innovate and to, to you know, to uh, basically adapt to the latest and greatest technologies. And you have like, uh, th then you have like fintech, which was a huge attempt to innovate the, the financial industry. But I felt like we could not do it to the degree in which it was possible to do, uh, again, due to the, the same uh, uh, constraints. So some startups such as like TransferWise and uh, N26 and Revolut, they really like improved the whole UX for the user. Uh, because I think like users and up to, and, and to, you know, even now they have certain resistance of using these old legacy apps. It's, it, it looks scary, you know, like when it comes to like online banking, everyone is like a bit like, oh wait, that's like, you know, so some higher barrier of entry. Mm -hmm. So I think DeFi is the new basically landscape where we have the freedom to use the greatest and latest technologies and to show how far we can push the the innovation in finance, and basically to compare it to compare it with another event in history, you can compare it with like the personal computer and the internet. So, for example, like twenty years ago, we just had a computer, 
and it was not connected on the internet and you know you couldn't do much you could play cards maybe you could you know type some word document but when the internet showed up suddenly you have like 20 more use cases for your computer and nowadays you give like a computer to a kid that has no internet there's nothing for them to do they're like yeah this computer has no internet there's nothing for me here so that's exactly what happens currently in the financial landscape so you know defi is basically the internet you know of what what the internet did to the computer that's what defi does to the traditional financial landscape and 10 years down the line we will be like oh i had my money somehow stuck in a bank i had to physically go and take them out like i had to go with this card in this machine and uh, called atm and then i had to type like some pin in a keyboard that like thousands other people are touching it was so like like you know as if we as how the email worked in the first year it's so like not innovative and slow and and that that's what defi is about defi is about getting the financial systems to the completely new level and uh, mm. we are on the I, I believe we are on the on the right right track to do it got it got it and fintech yeah as you mentioned fintech has been a big boom um and I think it it still is, and you've you've also personally had experience working and developing fintech, and so DeFi, which is short for decentralized finance, how how is DeFi really different, um, or taking a step further than than fintech and making this this happen? What what about decentralized finance is is like the catalyst for for creating this this amazing uh, ecosystem of experiments? Great question. Great question. So <clears throat> fintech is still like uh, based on the financial primitives, which are like legacy, such as like, you know, big brokerage companies, which are well established and they have the whole like, you know, order flow running through them. And uh, then you have like big banks such as Goldman Sachs, which are extremely established. You cannot move anything there. It's just old legacy software. Even to this day, some of the banks are using like mainframe computers, which are like two decades old technology, they're locked into it. And, you know, IBM was one of the players that contributed to this, like uh, they, they had this like B2B model where they were basically locking in their customers and so on. So in, if, if we take a look at FinTech, uh, there is like, I think in my opinion, around 70% of the whole financial infrastructure, which cannot, it just simply cannot be innovated because the big players are already established. And it's literally impossible to take market shares out, out of that. It's like a fully saturated place. So what FinTech does is let's come up with certain innovative ideas. How can we build on top of these old systems to make them seem as if they work properly and if it's like better experience, make it like user-friendly. But due to the fact that like 70% of the whole infrastructure is not like following those rules, you cannot do a lot. And that's why it's getting like harder and harder to do things in FinTech because you know, what could have been done, it's done. For example, if you take a look at TransferWise, I don't think it will get better than that. You can transfer between multiple, like uh, money protocols, SEPA, SWIFT, you can generate multiple bank accounts, the conversion is uh, seamless. Like it, it's basically uh, to a point where it's extremely hard to innovate. And usually if you cannot come up with idea, which will, you know, render some, uh, uh, some competitor completely obsolete, it means you have to do something at least like 60, 70% better than what they do. 
if that's not the case, if it's impossible to do it, then it, it, it's over. Like, uh, you know, entrepreneurs will not be attracted to this landscape. And I feel like DeFi is the natural progression of this because people who are passionate about fintech, they were into it for the past decades, built whatever could and whatever is possible to build to improve, to, uh, uh, you know, improve from like a usability point of view to flexibility point of view to everything. And now people are like, okay, it's time to like see what can we do next. And that's DeFi. And now we are basically rebuilding the whole stack, the whole financial primitive layer from lending protocols to borrowing, to staking, to uh, pooling in a completely different manner. Wow. wow. That's, that's super exciting. And um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I use some of the, some of the products you mentioned and it's, it's pretty amazing how, how well, how well, or maybe I, sh- I shouldn't say, well, how, how quickly you can move around assets and borrow and lend instantly uh which is pretty surprising um with, within this you know so there there's quite a few pro, um products that's coming out of this decentralized finance ecosystem is there is there a project that's like your favorite um that that you think really is lacking in the traditional fintech industry that 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 you think is an exa- is a golden example of the defi ecosystem Yeah, so I have I have like few few projects that I really like. Mm-hmm. They're basically like uh, bring, they bring different like very solid financial primitives around here. I really like uh, Ave. Uh, that's that's one of my favorites. I have uh, I know like some of the co-founders, really really great people, visionary. Basically, they have been into this landscape for over you know two and a half years. Like one of the people that kind of pioneered this whole landscape. And mm-hmm. I really like Maker on the other side. I, I believe Maker was the project that came up with a stable coin, and those were the guys that that I th- I believe that they were the first the first DeFi project before the whole landscape was even called DeFi. Yeah, so wow. those those two are are my favorite. That is and stable coin. Oh yeah, stable coin is uh is a cryptocurrency that's pegged to a specific uh, fiat currency, right? Real world currency. Like uh, U- US dollar, got it, got it. And Ave is a lending and bar- borrowing protocol, right? It's uh yes, yeah. It's it's one of the biggest ones. Um, got it. And how does yeah? So we'd love to hear about how refinance fits in all this. Sure. So uh, you know, regarding the how the reef idea first appeared, it's uh, it did not just happen like you know, like suddenly like one day wake up, hey, let's let's do this. It was not just an iterative process, but it was kind of organic. Mm-hmm. And what happened is last last year we mostly did uh, mostly did analytics again into the crypto landscape. So it was a B two B business model where we worked with uh, like a few crypto funds and we provided metrics for them. So uh, what those metrics are, uh, we have like uh, our team is half blockchain engineers, half uh, uh, statistics and machine learning guys, so, so data scientists. And uh, what happens is we are collecting a lot of data. We are processing this data, storing it, processing it. So and and out of this data, we extract certain metrics. So we collect like exchange data, blockchain traffic, social media, and and so on. And uh, we were uh, basically reselling those metrics, and uh, those metrics were used, you know, 
to make certain decisions. So the funds were, their investment decisions were based on some of those metrics. And um, we, we figured that hmm, what happens here is exactly what happens in the traditional financial landscape. So you have those like very like rich funds, which are mostly like institutional investors. And on the other side, you have like very talented team of like uh, data scientists who are passionate about finance and they want to use the latest and greatest technologies to like extract insights. And what happens in the traditional financial landscape is usually those teams work for big hedge funds and they get paid a lot and that's where everything ends. And then the funds make a lot of money. And basically that's where we borrowed the business model. And at some point we're like, cannot we, can't we maybe wrap those, these analytics engine and turn it into uh, something that's more B2C, something which we will give access to the average user to be able to invest the same way, just like those big funds. And that, that's how Reef was born. So that, that was the, the first entry, like the first point of the idea. And the second one was the whole like uh, technical barrier of entry and the fragmentation. And this is kind of, uh, this, this fragmentation is, is, is like valid for, for every new landscape. So, uh, you know, uh, at, at, at the beginning, you know, there is no like a united ecosystem where you go here and everything is like, you know, completely like integrated and composed properly. You have to go to like five different places and you don't know the names of the project. So it's kind of like fragmented. So the, the second part of the idea was, can we abstract away all of those complexities, basically, uh, just like how Robinhood did in the traditional financial landscape? like. People don't have to learn how to use order book. So can we use those two things and you know ship a product where the average user will be able to invest just like a hedge fund in DeFi with a very low technical barrier of entry? So that's that's uh, Reef's core idea. Oh wow! So Reef is is also a platform where it uses the data available online, and um, you guys process the data to make let the average user make the most out of their their assets as in their cryptocurrency correct yeah so how it works is the following like we believe that if we just give raw metrics to the user uh, which are uh, usually those metrics are some hypotheses that we generated and uh, uh, so there is like a multi-step process where first we have a hypothesis, then we have the, the hypothesis goes through like multiple stages to validate it, to backtest it, and so on. And if it passes all of those rules, it becomes a metric. And then this metric, it's usually like some like complex ratio between like, for example, blockchain traffic and social media traction. And we believe that the metric, the raw metric on its own is not enough for the user. They are like looking at all of these charts they don't mean anything to them. They're like, hey, I, I don't understand this chart. What, what does this even mean? Like, what is even metric? I don't care. Like, I just want to invest somehow. Like, don't, you know, I, I, because those metrics are, again, some high technical barrier of entry. So what we do, um, uh, we basically combine all of those metrics together into a single metric, which we call risk. Mm. And then you as a user, you come on the platform, it's very simple. You choose your risk level between, let's say, 1 and 10. And then based on your risk level, our analytics engine 
is offering you different DeFi activities from tokens to staking to lending protocols in which we sh in which you should put your money in. And then if you're happy with this composition, which we call, we call read basket, with just one click, you click invest, and then your funds are, you know, tunneled to, to the appropriate protocols. So you don't have to go to five different websites. You don't have to learn how to use those tools, how to use like these different wallets and signing and whatnot. It's very, very simple. Well, that's super exciting. It's like a personal hedge fund powered by AI and machine learning where you get powered by data from that you guys collect. And and users exactly. can just send in, basically just just put their crypto inside and, and um, select the basket uh, depending on what kind of, depending on their risk appetite and then um, see the returns from it. Exactly. They, they, they will, you know, the, this basket is generated in real time. So our mm -hmm. system in the background keeps collecting data and you're like, I want, you know, I want like something that's not super safe, but I don't want on the other side something super aggressive. So let's say you will choose like five, like middle between one and 10. And then like our analytics engine is saying, okay, I think you should put like 5% in coin called Ampleforth, like 10% in BNB and so on. And then some other DeFi activities such as, uh, you know, stake into this pool, but you don't have to do all of this. Like you just need Ethereum and then we convert everything for you and we allocate the funds to the appropriate places. You'll also see the simulated historic performance of this uh, basket because this basket is generated dynamically. So we are basically on the fly forming the historic uh, returns. And then you can there see the volatility. Is this something that you're comfortable with? And mm -hmm. when you're ready, you can just click invest, one click, sign the transaction, and that's it. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And oh, and, it's, and you guys are abstracting out all the complicated parts so any, any users can easily easily join the join the join the refinance protocol yep and what what we are doing for the for the non-crypto investors so when you mm -hmm. come there is this uh, onboarding process where we have like few questions for you and then based on you know based on the answers we will uh, dynamically shape and hide certain things that we feel are for more advanced users so mm -hmm. our end goal and now we just partnered with Taurus and they provide a very very decent uh, crypto wallet where you can log in with Facebook and in the background, there is a unique uh, Ethereum address that's generated and you don't even have to see this address. You don't have to ever see this hexadecimal, like scary, like character. So you log in with Facebook, there is a, you know, a Fiat gateway integrated. You put your credit card there. Uh, you choose the amount that you want. You don't even have to see that it's happening with Ethereum or you don't, you don't care. You're like, mm -hmm. I want to log in with Facebook. I want to put hundred bucks with my credit card. This is my risk level. You're exposed to DeFi. That's it. Wow, that's amazing. So you really believe um, the cryptocurrency is an asset class that that will that will, that people should be using, and it will go over time. It sounds like because right now I yes. think the market value is still fairly small compared to traditional market, traditional financial market. And it's not uh, um, because it's it's so new. I think Bitcoin. It's only been about ten years since Bitcoin uh, first started, and Ethereum. It's only been three, three, four years. So yeah, it's very, very new. But it's it's gaining a lot of traction past few years, and it sounds like uh, you're really 
bullish on on the overall ecosystem growing as a respected asset class yes for sure for sure this asset class is still super young and it's developing him further and the use cases are becoming becoming like more mature um what currently happens is you know you have all of those uh, quite i would say useless activities such as like some random farming doesn't have any real utility nothing happens with the funds but i think it's a very good place to start because people learn about it they're like oh you can do that you can do this you know someone did rug pull to me i will learn not to repeat the same mistake Mm. and so on it's like iterative process you know and eventually like over time i believe that you know in uh, in a probably like a decade from now this this uh, you know, ecosystem will be as big as the traditional financial landscape. Amazing. Well, it's amazing. Yeah, super. You know, I'm I'm in the ecosystem and I'm in the landscape. Super excited to be in it. As as there's a lot of uh, exciting new projects that are coming out every day, um, and it's growing exponentially. Um, in terms of new, you know, there there are a lot of people who are new to the cryptocurrency ecosystem in our in our um, audience. Are there any advice you would give to a general audience who are looking to get started in, in cryptocurrency or or even developers as you as you have a extensive um, development software development background? Is there is there an advice that you would give uh, to for someone who's just looking into it? Sure. So so my advice is the following: um, as as I mentioned, this landscape is still is it still is in its infancy. So um, it takes like some time to evolve and make sure that when you get into it, you learn all the risks associated and make sure to not invest more money than you can uh, afford to lose because everything is still super early, super risky. There's uh, basically risks from you know many different factors from like uh, bad actors to uh, hacks, like you know the whole technology is still not, to, to the point where it's, uh, you know, super stable and uh, very auditable and so on. So m- be sure that, you know, uh, you are not investing more than you can afford to lose. Uh, regarding the developers, uh, what I, when I talked to like few, few of my friends that want to get into this landscape, they were very like scared of the whole jargon. It felt like mm-hmm. as if it's a very like complex, high barrier, high, high technical barrier of entry and that you have to know a lot of finance. Uh, again, those are just words that are inv- invented in order to like, you know, uh, basically new words that mean some more complex term. Uh, and uh, one of the reasons why they exist is that they fit into like, uh, you know, the sales pitch and so on. Just take your time, read about it, and you will see that it's not as complex as it sounds. And then you can just... With, with this mindset, you can start, you can, uh, you know, play around with Ethereum, take your time. And I think, uh, you know, a, a senior developer should be able to, you know, be become part of this landscape in a matter of, uh, of weeks. Yeah, yeah, I totally, totally agree. And it's, it's, it sounds like you've been through the whole whole process from from um, software development to to leading a project. So. Um, you've been through the through the entirety of of the development and um, and and putting the project forward. So really excited to see uh, where refinance goes. And it sounds like um, you guys have finished 
finished fundraising. Uh, I think it says three. You guys raised three point nine million. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's a big amount. Congratulations. Thanks. And yeah. What What is the next big step for you guys? Yeah. So we are currently preparing to launch our product, uh, release our token, and uh, onboard the first users. And basically, then the you know the fun starts for us, where we establish you know the the feedback loop between us and our users, iterate on the product, see what the users need, what the users like want, and just keep improving and get it get it to a point, as I mentioned, where we can onboard a non crypto user in a very very seamless manner. Amazing. And is there a specific anything specific you're looking for? Um, you know, either new talented developers, um, new partners, or anything from the audience that the audience should be aware of. Yeah, we are actually like uh, looking for uh, for a Rust developer right now, uh, potentially too. Uh, we are uh, we are in the middle of a few interviews, uh, so it's uh, we have like a certain process. And uh, yeah, if someone wants to, if someone is familiar with Rust and is uh, know interested in starting in this uh, landscape uh, feel free to uh, to send us your uh, your cd happy to happy to uh, jump on an interview call oh, amazing amazing and how can they get in contact with you or or refinance yeah so we use we should use this email info at refinance uh, so basically you can just uh, shoot an email there and then in the background you know it will uh, get forwarded to the to the appropriate place and uh, get uh, get processed I'm I'm making sure that you know the emails sent uh, there are all like uh, you know properly processed. Amazing! I'll I'll definitely add a add a link to it and add information to the podcast description as well. Well, thanks so much, Danko. Sure. Uh, yeah, it was great great having you. Um, best of luck with refinance, and hope to have you on have you back on here uh, once the project launches and and um like get gets a lot of users who are who are super excited about your your new product yep happy happy to to come back again and give you some uh, more uh you know details around the whole experience amazing thank you Have a good one. thanks thanks for your time Thanks for joining us for an amazing interview. If you really enjoyed it, come give us a positive review on iTunes or any other platform you use to listen to our episodes. Otherwise, you can listen to our previous episodes at AroundTheCoin.com and also follow us on social media like Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. to keep up to date with the latest ones coming out. Thanks for joining us. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.